Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to the thematic discussion of Buy, Hold, Sell. My name's Matthew Kidman and the biannual health check of Australia's corporate scene is in and it's been pretty hard. A lot of investors have ridden the ups and downs. Some results didn't quite make it. They got hammered. Other results were okay. They might have just fallen a little bit. So it was a pretty tough reporting season, but we all got through it. And to help me discuss it today, we've got James Gerrish from Market Matters and Blake Hendricks from Firetrail Investments. Okay, I'm going to start with you, Blake. One word, one word that wraps up the reporting season. I'd say heavy. Heavy. Heavy, yeah. I mean, business isn't easy, but at the moment, the CEOs we're talking to are telling us it's harder than ever. I mean, it's just really tough out there, to be honest. Um, you know, we're hearing companies reducing hiring intentions. We're not seeing slashing and burning yet, but they're just getting sick of trying to innovate while going back to their customers and pushing through price. And so no one's feeling that good. Everyone's a little bit nervous. Not yet a disaster, but that's how we feel. It's just a bit heavy, a bit uh, down. Okay, James, we've got problems with not being able to get people. Other people have got too many people. We've got inflation, we've got higher interest rates. What's one word that sums up the reporting season that isn't heavy? Huge number of challenges. I'm gonna go with the word sketchy. Sketchy. So sketchy <laughs> is, um, I guess, another word for, for patchy. There were some things that did well, some things that didn't do so well. But also the ones that look good on the surface, there was a few um, uh, weaknesses, softness in the underbelly of results. And I think that is probably the main uh, thing that I took out of this reporting season. So a real difficult one, there's no doubt about it, Matt. Yeah, there was a soft underbelly. And the management teams, let, let's concentrate on them for a second, that got it right. What were they doing right in this environment? What, what did they nail? I think it was a, a case of having, um, you know, managing for the conditions right now, but not doing things that uh, impacted your longer term strategy. So easier said than done. So you know, managing all those things you just spoke about before, the labour challenges, the price uh, increases, the supply chain issues that are still there, um, but not deviating too far from the strategy that's going to you know, be, the, be the, the underpinning of their business growth moving forward. So balancing those two things effectively, the management teams that did that well, um, big tick. There was plenty of management teams that couldn't do it well. It sounds though. simple, but uh, hard to execute. Blake, how about you? We've got a lot of moving parts, as you said before. Those management teams, what, what do they get right? The same question to you that, that nailed it this reporting season? Yeah, I mean, it's like flying a plane with three levers. So you've got the pricing one first. You needed to make sure that you were passing on inflation effectively, not too much, not too little either. You had to have good control of your costs because, you know, if unchecked, some of these cost bases are going to be rising high single digits. Mm. And then finally, uh, you know, as James talked about, I think you needed to keep innovating. And, and what we heard from company management was, gee, we keep going back to our clients once every two months asking for a price rise and then put next to them, oh, have you tried our new product? And they're saying, no one wants to hear about it. Mm. So the, the people who got those three levers right were the ones who succeeded. And there were a few. So let's get down into the different sectors, the weeds of the market, and let's name some companies where the management team did know what you're talking about. So let's start with energy, utilities. 
What's the company there that pulled some of those right levers? Well, I mean, some would say it's a rabbit out of the hat, but I'd say Origin. So Origin received a bid uh, in November last year, $9. It was a knockout bid, 55% premium. It was a beauty. It was an absolute ripper. Uh, and then the stock traded very soggy as the market felt like some of the government regulation would see the, the bidders walk away. Uh, the bidders came back after the management team delivered two upgrades this calendar year. They went from $9 to $8.90. That was a huge win, and I think uh, you know the board and management, and particularly the board who are having the interactions, should be commended for staying strong on price. Excellent. Okay, same question to you, James. Energy, utilities, which management team nailed it? I liked what uh, Chris Ashton did at Worley Parsons. I mean, it's a you think about a complex business that they're operating in at the moment, 50,000 employees globally. You know, there's a lot of challenges surrounding that. So. They still manage, and it's a business that operates on low margin. So you're juggling all of these different things. Plus, you've got this big thematic that's coming in the you know, in the coming few years, which is all around decarbonisation and taking the opportunity set that's um, coming ahead of it. So, you know, I think they did a really good job managing those uh, or balancing those different um, ebbs and flows of the business while still setting up well for the future. So. Wally was a good one for me. A sector that's related, resources. Who, who got it right in the resources sector? And there's a big love affair with resource stocks at the moment, so you've got to get it right. <laughs> you do, and there's, um, that love affair has probably come off a little bit in the last couple of months. But I think the guys at Sandfire uh, have done pretty well over a reasonable amount of time. So Carl Simich was the long-standing CEO there. There's a new CEO coming in uh, very shortly, Brendan Harris. But that's been an operational turnaround story. They had a really short mine life. Um, they've addressed that, they've had operational challenges, which um, you know, when you put it up to how Oz Minerals has delivered over a long period of time, it was, you know, we thought that was uninvestable. Now it is to me. So I thought they did a good job and they've set the business up really well for what comes next and um, bullish on copper and I'm bullish on how they've improved that operationally. Okay, here we go, Blake. Resources, big sector, big area to get around, but who got it right? Yeah, I, I think Linus, uh, Amanda Lacaz has done a very good job okay. of navigating something that's been very tough for really two years. I mean, if you look at what Linus had to go through, COVID, recently water issues, mm -hmm. and then now political uncertainty. Uh, what I really respect the most about where the company is and, and what the management team have done is the balance sheet. You know, sitting here uh, 31 or as at 31 December, $934 million of cash on the balance sheet. They had just under 200 mil of debt out to the Japanese. And then just recently they've raised another $200 million. So, Yes, there's political uncertainty on at the moment, but that balance sheet is absolutely bulletproof and I think they've set themselves up really well for whatever comes at them. They've run pretty hard. Okay, let's switch sectors. Something that used, we all used to like and now we kind of try and stay away from tech. Who did well there? Which management team got that, got that situation right? Because it's been a tough 12 months. It's been a tough 12 months. and I'll, I'll pick a company that's a bit counterintuitive. I guess it'd be Seek because um, it's both tech and cyclical. So, you know, it's, it's had everything going against it thematically in the past six months. Uh, but I guess what we like there is through COVID, the company didn't harvest all the cash flows, actually doubled down in investing, particularly in Asia, where they almost doubled the cost base in the space of two years. What that's going to mean is inevitably as job volumes roll off, they've actually got a lot of fat in the base to be able to react to different market circumstances and, and hold those earnings uh, much better than they would have been if they had have milked it for all it was worth. Okay, tech. It's a small sector in Australia, Jones, but obviously some good operators. Who did you like? Yeah, I, li I like the hunting ground in tech at the moment. I think it's unloved. I think there's still some good stories out there. And what you've, what's shown in the last four months or so, those that deliver are still um, you know, performing really well. So I liked what Ordinate uh, came up with this reporting season. They 
dealt with the chip shortages really effectively. They had to pivot a number of times in uh, the products they roll out and how they offer those to, to customers and the, I guess the explanation they're pro providing the customers. And it shows how sticky customers are when they react and they move um, in line with those challenges. So Ordinate was something that, um, you know, a company that I think did really well. Hitting the right notes to say. <laughs> okay, another big sector that is supposed to be you know, outside the cyclical nature is healthcare. Anyone do well there that you, that you picked up on? Yeah, I think CSL and uh, you know, Paul Perot's last result, what we love as investors is counter-cyclical investing. You know, typically, if you can get in just after the cycle finishes, you get a much stronger business. And I think that's where CSL is going to be at. They've added 30% extra to their collection centre footprint in the US. And as things return, we think it's going to be really well set up. One really interesting thing, I think, in the market is that Griffles, one of their key competitors, is actually really struggling at the moment. They're having to shed staff and try and make their collection centres work, whereas CSL's humming and has invested counter-cyclically. So that, that's the one I'd call out. Okay, James, Blake's taken the biggest company in this <laughs> sector. He's, le he's left you the crumbs. What have you got for us? There's not a lot in this sector no. that's um, you know, a little bit interesting and off the beaten track a little bit, and I haven't found one. So oh. Re Ramsey Healthcare is the, the one that I'm going to. We own CSL, we think it's a great management team. Um, but Ramsey, I think, has been juggling a lot of things, and they could have, I guess they could have done things a little, a, a little bit better, but I think they've stuck to their guns around um, you know, the, the takeover they had on the, the table with KKR. Um, it's a complex, highly regulated space, international business that takes a lot of, no doubt running that business would be really tough. So I think they've, you know, they've managed a challenging time pretty well and I think they've done it while still setting themselves up for a, you know, a good runway in the, the next 12, 18 months and beyond. I knew you'd find one. Yeah. Now, we all love to hate occasionally, consumer discretionary. <laughs> Everyone hates this sector, but there's quite a few of them. Is there one you've, you've, you've picked out of the pile that looks okay despite the consumer falling on its knees or expected to? Well, it wasn't that bad in, in, in the consumer discretionary space in, the last, in this reporting season. It was patchy. Um, and I think if you rewind the tape sort of six to 12 months ago, everyone hated it. These are on their knees and they've actually done, a lot of them have done pretty well in the last um, 12 months. I'm gonna highlight what Rob Scott um, uh, did at West Farmers. Uh, you know, they've got a phenomenal balance sheet. They've got obviously position right. They're not 100% retail. They've got about 80% of their earnings driven by um, the retail space. So, so I'm probably fudging a little bit there. But if you think about how they've delivered, Bunnings has continued to grow at the same pace that it's um, been growing at in recent years. Um, Kmart's picked up some of the slack from other areas of the business that hasn't been doing so well. And they've got a really, you know, they've got a great foundation now to take advantage of what comes next. I mean, these guys are gonna be buyers um, if things deteriorate further. I was really conscious about retail space and nervous about it, but they've had a really good result and I think they're doing well. James is one back at you. He's taking the big one in the industry. Yeah. Something else you liked among that consumer discretion because, as we said, it's not very loved at the moment. No, exactly. And uh, for any viewers, if you've flown and lost your luggage, put your earmuffs on because I'm going to go with Qantas. Uh, yeah. It's been on a tear. It's been on a tear. But, I mean, Alan Joyce has had to face so many headwinds, including everyone hates him. Um, probably can't get a coffee without uh, someone throwing something at him. But if you look at what's actually happened, um, it's been a great performance by Qantas. Uh, they've been disciplined in terms of capacity. They've removed costs and they've traded through uh, the hardest sector through COVID, which was airlines. So, you know, we've got a lot of respect for him. He's probably going to take off at some time soon, um, I'd, I'd imagine this year. 
um, that, that will be a hit to the stock. As much as everyone hates him for now, I think you know, we'll look back and say he, he did a very good job with a very tough business. Well, I hope the stock doesn't crash when he, when he takes off, as you said. <laughs> You're on fire, so, <laughs> so there's a bounty ideas from these heavy hitters and you could hardly call them sketchy. If you love that show as much as me, give it a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe to the Livewire YouTube channel where there's lots of new content. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts. Oh,